This morning, we're going to take a break from our Old Testament series, and we're going to, I'm going to speak on a verse that I'm, I'm very excited about, and you probably hear me say that every sermon, I, every time I preach, I'm excited about it, but you wouldn't want me preaching on a verse I'm bored about, would you? So, this is, uh, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And this is the verse that we have on our welcome packs. So each of you should have one of these, whether you got it recently or a long time ago. If you don't have one, then come and see Anne. We'll make sure you get one. In fact, you can have this one. But um, it's the verse that we chose to put on these notebooks because we wanted people to be reminded of it many, many times. And um, I'm going to shock you. I've done something this morning that I rarely do, and that's have have three points, all beginning with the same letter. So <laughs> anyway, it was an accident, so don't hold me to it next time. So the problem, the passage, and the power. The problem, the passage, and the power. And um, so, first of all, there's a problem. Can you tell me? Looking at this text here, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. What the problem is with that? What is the problem? I can't do all things. What is all things? That really is it. Now, what does it mean by all things? Does it mean like win the lottery, fly to the moon, jump off a cliff and flap my hands and it, you know, I can fly like a bird. Does it mean that? So this is a a problem. Like it seems too good to be true. It seems like a blank check. Are there any limits or qualifications? What's the scope of all things? So, we kind of know that it doesn't include everything. I think implicitly we kind of know that. Um, uh, but we're really not, we're really not sure. And it's very important, I think, to try and clarify this. And, uh, I can, uh, I can tell you a, a story about, about myself. Um, uh, years ago, before the, my current vehicle, I had a van. Some of you may have remember it. It was a very old, rusty van. And God provided it for me. It lasted for many, many years. But um, one day after church, Anne noticed a patch of fluid on the ground underneath the, 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 the engine, which is not a good thing. So I, I prayed, God, please stop this leak. Um, you know, I, need this, I need this vehicle for you. I stopped this leak and may, by the time we get home, may that may be gone. So we drove home, we unloaded, and by the time we'd finished unloading, I checked again and there was a big pool of fluid this time. So, uh, okay, God had a different plan. Um, uh, is it because I lack faith? Well, I don't think it was because I lack faith. Um, I don't think I, you know, you know, just like, it's because I wouldn't have the faith to say, leak in the name of God, stop. Because, you know, I was trusting God for it. Um, I took it to be looked at. It was a trans- transmission fluid. And a lot of the pipe work was rutted away. And it cost me about $1,000. But it got done. And uh, the car lasted out the rest of its time. So what is it? What is this about? Uh, what is it? Is this a blank check or what? So I'm going to give you the bottom line now. All things means whatever 
God wants me to do. All things means whatever God wants me to do. So if he has given me a task to do, I will be able to do that. If it's something he has given me to do. And in fact, with the van, he provided the finances. He provided the money to pay to get it fixed. So I would have liked it to be supernaturally fixed right at that moment. But God God still provided for it to be fixed. He just did it in a different way. There was never a time. The van never, ever didn't get me to church or get the stuff we needed to church. It never failed to do that. Not a single time. And so in all I was doing for God, it never failed me. Um, And I want to just slightly expand on that. To be fruitful in my life. So there's never anything that you need to do to be fruitful that you won't have the power to do. Isn't that? That's good, isn't it? Because we don't really want the strength to do things that God doesn't want us to do, do we? I mean, when you think about it. Um, And we don't want strength to do things that are like futile, that are not fruitful. So I'm going to explain this when we look at the passage and we'll see this. But um, uh, let's... um, yeah, let, let me let me just tell a story. So um, this week has been a, a really, really high pressure week. And um, one of the things I had to do was well, I had to prepare for today. I also had to get my tax submitted, which actually isn't done yet. But there's been an extension and I've got to get it done by tomorrow night. But um, as, as things were happening during the week, I thought, it's okay. I'm going to come devote Saturday to preparing the sermon on Sunday. I mean, I've already got it started. I'm going to devote that time. And it turned out that uh, yesterday there were several emergency pastoral situations that came up. And I totaled up the time, seven hours they took altogether. And like later in the evening, I'm thinking, what am I going to do, God? And I thought, God, you, I get it now. You're giving me a lesson, aren't you, God, that I can do all things. In, 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 you're giving me a practical thing in my life because I know God wants me to preach today. Like, I know that. Um, so... I can do it. So, Andrew, what are you worried about? In fact, you should actually be glad because God's given you a story to tell in the sermon about about having the strength to do all things. So, um, this is like this is the core of the idea then of what's behind it. So, let's look at the passage. He's writing to the Philippians, I, chapter four, and we're going to start reading at verse ten. I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at length you've revived your concern for me. You were indeed concerned for me, but you had no opportunity. Does anybody know what the context is for this passage? What's happened? Well, I'll explain. They'd actually taken up, they'd actually sent him a financial gift. He wasn't at Philippi, he was somewhere else, possibly Rome, and they'd, they'd made a collection and they'd sent him a gift. And this, he's responding to this gift. And he's thanking them for it, but he wants to thank them in a way that shows that like, he wasn't, it's not that if they didn't provide the gift, he would, you know, he'd die, or he wouldn't be, a, he, he was, their provision of the gift was part of the way that God was supporting him. He said, uh, Not that I'm speaking of being in need, for I've learned that whatever there is, it's enough for me. And actually, it's interesting to see where that that word enough there. 
um, because often that is translated, usually it's translated, I've learned to be content. But content is a kind of a passive word, and um, if you actually look at what the word means in the Greek, it's actually more of a like uh, an intentional chosen thing. He's, he, it's enough, it's sufficient for him. It's not that he's sitting back contentedly, you know, watching TV, he's got everything. Um, it's that, okay, I've got what I need for my adventures now. I've got all the things there for me. It's sufficient. Verse 12, I know how to be brought low, I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I've been taught the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Yet it was kind of you to share my trouble. And you Philippians yourselves know that in the beginning of the gospel, when I left Macedonia, no church entered into partnership with me in giving and receiving only except you only. So they'd given him support before. Even in Thessalonica, you sent me help for my need once and again. Not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that increases to your credit. I have received everything and more. I'm well supplied, having received from Epaphroditus the gift you sent, a fragrant offering, a sacrifice acceptable and pleasing to God. That's interesting. That's how he's describing our, our gifts when we give to God, when we give to support God's work. He says it's like a fragrant offering. It's a sweet smell that comes to God. So uh, we didn't physically collect up an offering then, but if we had, maybe there would be, maybe you'd notice a sweet smell going up. Maybe when you, if you do pay online, you'll notice come some kind of sweet smell. No, I'm not saying that we notice it, but God, God, it's to him a sweet fragrance. Uh, and my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. Um, so he wants them to, to, he wants to explain how grateful he is, but he doesn't want to come across as being manip- manipulative, you know, I, you know, you need to keep on doing this and like put them in a place where they're going to have guilt if they don't carry on doing it. He wants to just give freedom to them. Um, ultimately what makes him most happy is that they have a heart to give because he says this is like fruit that's coming up and um, uh, yeah there's it's very interesting um, the, the, the I'm just going to go back to there verse 11 through 13 he says um I have enough resources. I have enough. It's like I have enough for my action plan. For all the things that I do, God has given me all the things I need to put these plans in place. Um, so he, in verse 12, I have enough. He repeats that three times and that he's, that God's as, as giving him enough in this situation. Now it's critical that we understand what the I can do means in this verse. I can do all things. Let me just see if I can highlight that. There we go. I can do. Hang on. There we go. 
all things through Christ who strengthens me. This is really critical. Um, now, as you, as you probably know, the New Testament was originally written in Greek. And in different languages, you can't exactly map a word in one language into a word in another. Those of you who know more than one language will, will say that's obvious. Um, so how do you know what a word means? Well, it, the one answer is to look it up in a dictionary. But actually, the dictionary doesn't define words. It's, it just tells you to describe them. What defines a word is the way it's used in that particular time and culture. So if you want to see how a word is used, you say, well, how else did people in that time use that particular word? Particularly in that culture, uh, in that time. And so a very good thing to do is to look at how else in the New Testament it's used in, because that's the precise time period, how it's used at that time. And that the expression can do occurs 29 times in the New Testament. And I'm going to give you some examples. This is going to be quite critical to understanding it. Um, in Matthew 8.28, when Jesus uh, crosses the, the sea, and there's a man who's possessed the other side, and he comes onto the land, there's a man possessed, and this man comes out of the tombs. It says, it says that it's so fierce that no one could pass that way. No one can pass that way, past him. So that's the can. Another one would be in Mark 5. Um, there was um, somebody, this is another description of the same one, no one could subdue him. So the idea of nobody had the strength to do that, the empower to do that, it's got that idea. And so I, I would like to translate this verse. Um, I would say, I'd like to translate it. All things I can do, all things I can do in him who empowers me. All things I can do in him who empowers me. And um, the uh, in, in, in Greek, you can put your, you could got a lot of flexibility of your sentence order. You can put different words. You can to a certain extent in English. So if I was to say to you, um, Wednesday, I have to go to the dentist. What word am I emphasizing? Wednesday, because you put it right up to the front. Um, and so often, we, the, it technically is called fronting. You put the, the thing that you're most emphasizing right at the beginning. And you can do this very easily in Greek. And he says, all things I can do in him who empowers me. So often at the end, you have kind of some weight there as well. So uh, let's have a look then at other places where we have this can do. And I'm going to translate it as have force or strength. It's having the force or the strength. Um, there's a boy who's having seizures. The disciples tried to help him, but could not. Luke 8, 43, a woman who'd spent everything on doctors, she could not be healed by anybody. So these are negatives. John 21, 6, he said to them, cast the net on the right side of the boat and you'll find some. They're fine fish. And they cast it and could not haul it in because of the quantity of fish. James 
5.16, pray for one another that you may be healed. The, the prayer of a righteous person has force, it has strength. So another one, Acts 19.20, in this way the word of the Lord continued to grow in power and have force. So it's the idea of having force and having energy. It's not just like I have permission to do this. This is really encouraging because when you say, you read now, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Hey, that can isn't like I just have permission to do all things. No, it's like, hey, I have the power, I have the strength to do this. And uh, this was a great encouragement to me late last night when I was trying to finish this sermon off and thinking, you know, hey, God wants me to do this. I have the strength to do it through him who empowers me. So I just want you to get behind the understanding. This isn't just an any old can-do. This is a very special can-do that's used in the New Testament for the idea of power and strength. Um, Some of these are supernatural strengths and some of them are just, you can do it. It's it's physical or, or... um, emotional strength to do it. Some of them are very active, um, but some of them are just having the, the steadfastness, the strength. So this is the this is what's meant by the can do. So the all things are everything God has given you, everything that God has given you to do. Those are the all things. Everything that He wants you to do to bring forth fruit. And the passage, as we look through, is looking at the, the, this idea of, I have the power, I have the strength to do it. And what I want to look at now is the power. And we haven't really addressed this yet. Um, and this is, this is really, really important to see how we actually engage with this power. Otherwise, this is a nice little encouraging talk that I'm giving you today. But it doesn't actually help you connect and this so in a sense this is the most important part of what i'm going to say today the power so um uh not long ago well actually now it's quite a long time ago we we went to england and i had a particular job i had to do there and in order to do that job which I, i knew god wanted me to do i had to have some paperwork with me and so as we're preparing to go, I, I couldn't find this document that I needed. I couldn't find the documentation. And, uh, I was getting a bit frustrated and, um, and I, in the end, I thought, well, you know, God wants me to do this. I must just trust him. I'm going to trust him. And so I said, Lord, you know, I need this. Um, and, if this is what you want me to do, you'll provide the document. If I don't get the document, then you'll provide in some other way. And um, the next day, as I was just finally getting these ready, I just stumbled upon the document. It was just there. So I said, thank you, God. This is great. So when we got to England and I got to the time when I needed the document, they said, oh, actually, we don't need that. <laughs> so God doubly answered. He doubly answered but like he knew that I was weak and I like, I wanted to feel the security of having the document, but like I didn't need it anyway. So, but I trusted him in that, that he would give me the strength in that to do it. Um, so, uh, let's look at John chapter 14 and verse 10. Do you not believe that I am in the Father 
and the Father is in me. Jesus is speaking. Now, this is really critical. The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own initiative, but the Father residing in me performs his miraculous deeds. Now, this is quite extraordinary. And a lot of people don't get this. They don't realize that when Jesus did the miracles, he didn't do it in his strength as God. Because he was trying to demonstrate for us. He was trying to be an example for us. And he was demonstrating what a human being can do when empowered by the Father. At any moment, Jesus could have done something in his own strength. That was the temptation to turn the stones into bread in the wilderness. But he would have had to step out of the the will of God, the will of the Father. He'd have stepped out of those plans and it wouldn't be one of the all things. Um, So Jesus was doing this by the Father residing in him. And then he says, I tell you the truth, the person who believes in me will perform the miraculous deeds I'm doing and will perform greater deeds than these because I'm going to my Father. You will know at that time that I am in my Father and you are in me and I am in you. This is critical that we understand that being a Christian is not some abstract, you know, in some sort of way, Jesus is in me now, he's in my heart. No, his his power is living in you through his spirit if you are a Christian. Um, this is absolutely key. So what does this mean in practice? It means that God doesn't hand over the power to you. He actually is in you and does it with you. It's a little bit like um, uh, a little boy saying to his dad, Dad, please, I, I, I want to buy this new toy. Um, could you, I can go to the store. Could you give me the money to get it? And his dad said, um, I'm going to go with you to the store and we're going to buy this together. Uh, it's not that God is giving us a, 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 a check. You know, he's not giving us a superpower. He actually is the superpower within us. This is critical to understand it. And this solves the problem of it seeming like a bl- the verse seeming like a blank check. It's God in you that's doing this. It's his resident strength that's doing this. Um, I was talking to someone a, a few years ago um, who he told me about a horrific situation that he was in. And as he's telling me this, I'm thinking... God, I'm just totally out of my depth. I've got no idea what to say. I just need your power right now. I need you to speak right now in me because I don't know what to say. And God gave me the words. And like, it wasn't that like he started speaking through my mouth. Like the words came into my mind and I spoke them. But it turned out that I was able to bring healing to this person by these words. But it was actually God's words in me that he gave to me. So I was able to do that through his active working in me. And um, so um, so as I'm last night contemplating preaching today, I felt God say, look, Andrew, you're not going to be by yourself up there. I'm going to be in you. And he is in me right now. And he's speaking. And if he wasn't in me, I wouldn't be able to do anything. At least not anything that's worthwhile. So um, this also answers the question about our agenda or his agenda, because like if it's his power in you, 
It's his agenda that's being like, it's his power in you isn't what's going to like help you win the lottery or something like that. That's not what the, uh, the, the passage is about. Um, um, so as we mature as Christians and we become more renewed by the Spirit, our desires will more naturally align with God's. As you get to know somebody, you know what their desires are, don't you? You Can, ima- can you imagine a, um, a married couple that they've been married for, for say, 40 years? Um, so, uh, um, and somebody said, oh, I'm just making tea for your wife. What does your wife take in her tea? And you said, I don't know. What would you think? <laughs> oh, that's right. 40 years and he doesn't know what she takes in a tea. That's not a good sign, is it? And so some Christians have been, you know, been saved 40 years and you don't really know what God really wants. Is that right? So this is critical. If you want to walk in this power, you need to be in tune with God. You need to know what God's desires are, what his heart are. And how do you know that? By reading his word and by praying. And this is how you know it. So you have to be, you have to be living in a relationship with God in order for this, 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 uh, empowering to work within you. Um, I just tell you another story. Um, uh, there was a couple of years ago, I, well, it was before COVID, so I guess three years ago, um, I was very sick for a couple of weeks. And I'd been asked to speak at a 7.30 breakfast downtown. And um, so I had to, you know, I had to be there at 7.30 to start speaking to a group of business people on Bay Street. And um, I'd accepted this invitation. I believed it was God's will. I believed that this topic I'd been given was an important one. And... Um, But, you know, I got up that morning and I was, you know, I hadn't been doing that well. And I said, God, I believe that you want me to speak at this meeting. So I just pray that you would give me the strength. And somehow I got the strength. I I did fine as I was speaking. I didn't feel any weakness at all. I was able to speak fine. When I was done, I kind of felt pretty bad and I had to go back to bed again. But, but you know, God provided the strength for what he, and I was able to trust that because I knew it's what he had given me to do. Um, sometimes it works out in a way that we're not expecting. Let me get me tell you another story. Uh, you may, you, you've probably all heard, in fact, I'm sure you've all heard of the hymn Amazing Grace. And Amazing Grace was written by John Newton, who wrote many great hymns. And John Newton, you may know, had a really, really bad life before he was saved. He was a slave trader and he was a pirate and all kinds of things. And um, uh, before, you know, his mother was really loved God, served God. And every day she made a point since the time he was born of praying that God would save him and use him. Every day, save him and use him. And uh, after he'd gone off to sea, she died. She died before she ever saw anything. She never saw that prayer answered. Does that mean God didn't answer that prayer? Does that not, not mean this, that her prayer had power? Well, its prayer was mightily answered, but not in the way that she was expecting. The timing was a bit different. 
And I want to suggest to you that sometimes you, the timing might not be, you might have exactly the right prayer. God, please save my parents or my siblings or whatever, or something like, God, you might have exactly the right prayer. Don't get discouraged if it's not answered the way you are expecting. Because history is full of stories where God answers prayers and comes through in power in a way that is completely unanticipated by those who originally made the prayer. Uh, So one question that this also addresses, this passage, is what if you're not a follower of Jesus? There are lots of people today who claim to be Christians. But Christian really means follower of Jesus Christ. And many don't act like Jesus at all. They just follow him in name only, not in reality. Uh, But, you know, it's not possible to follow Jesus in your own strength. You can't actually do it. You will fall, you will fall short. Um, because Jesus didn't just teach. He, he didn't just say, do this. He said, I will actually live in you and enable you to do it. So one of the things he said is we should live for others. We should live, we should put others first. We should be unselfish completely. But you know, you can't be unselfish yourself. Uh, in your own strength. You can't. But so it's only being empowered by Jesus that you can do this. And uh, this is, we we have this uh, symbol of, of New Life Church of the plant growing up and breaking through the concrete. And this is new life. This is new life. And the new life in New Life Church is the life of God in our hearts. And it's this new life of God taking up residence in us, giving us the ability to love one another. Now, of course, we still, until we die, we still have the flesh there. That's a whole nother sermon. And, that you know, there's a fight that goes on within us, but we do have access to this new power. And so someone who's not a Christian It's not that, oh, I've got to do this and this and this and this well enough to please God. That's what many people think a Christian is. You can't. You'll fail. You can't follow Jesus' teachings unless you have him living in you. Because then you will be able to do all things through him who strengthens you. And so becoming a Christian really is saying, God, I actually can't do it. I need you to come and live in me and then your power can strengthen me and his life takes root in us. So I'm going to try and summarize this all together now. This is my last slide here. How we can do, and I've got four steps now to experience Jesus in us. The first thing is understand it's about Jesus in us. It's not a superpower he gives to us and then we can do what we like with it. It's him living in us. That's, that is, and we don't have to kind of make this happen. It's something that we become attuned to him. We recognize if we're saved, he's in us and we learn what he likes. And so Learning what he likes then is practicing this dependence. It's practicing leaning on him. Get to know him better. Get to know him better. Reading, praying, um, learning of him. And um, 
At the core of this relationship is a person knowing Jesus. So read his words, spend time with him, and then you will learn to know who his his ways, and you will learn to know what he wants you to do that he will empower. So understand that it's Jesus in you. It has to be his strength. Practice this dependence. Actually recognize, just like have in your mind, Jesus, I need you to do this. I need I need you. I'm going to do this now. I've got to have a conversation now. God, please give me strength. I've got to do this. Please give me strength. Just have that in your mind all the time. Because as you, as you develop that dependence in your thinking, you will develop this relationship. So practice dependence. Get to know him through prayer and his word. And the last one I have is ask for his strength. Uh, do not stick this away in a drawer. This is why we put it on the front of this. Hopefully you've got one and you'll use it. And the idea is um, that this is like a, you can write your to-do lists in here. And as you write your to-do lists, you can think, oh, I've got to do these things, but I can do them in Christ who strengthens me. So, um, so it's something that you need to keep in front of you rather than just slipping away into a drawer and forgetting about. And uh, uh, so I want to say then that this will transform 2022 for you if you work in this. If you really do this, this will transform this for you. And um, uh, I need I need this message as much as you do. All of us need this message. And I want us to, maybe we can just all stand up together and we can just say this together. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. All right. And as we say it, I just want you to engage with this, with this, the truth of this. Okay. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And once more, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Lord, we thank you for your incredible relationship with us where you don't love us at a distance, but you dwell within us. Lord, I pray that we will be attuned to your purposes in our life. You will be attuned to the fruit you want to bring forth in our lives. We'll be attuned to your ways. And so we will be able to do your things with your power. We will be able to bring forth fruit with your power in our lives. Lord, we pray you'll bring us victory in this area. Lord, bring us confidence, bring us blessing. We ask it in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.